ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek, 5 foot 11, 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous, 5 foot 11, 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication. Turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. And we're back with exciting news. Yes, we are now professional. We have a sponsor for the show, which is awesome for us, but even more awesome for you. Indeed, because who doesn't love a sweet, sweet online shopping discount code? And in this case, it's an online shopping discount code that gets you delicious coffee delivered to your doorstep. From our good friends, Prism Coffee, who are four Canberra lads who I've known for a while. Uh, who've all worked in and around the specialty coffee industry for some time now and now uh, out on their own they've got a roaster they're roasting beans uh, and just generally kicking ass with delicious coffee so john how do the people get this amazing discount you speak of go to their website which is prismcoffee.com.au pick from the couple of different blends and some single origins that they've got. You can get it ground, you can get it in whole beans if you prefer to grind your own. They've got all of the options. Uh, and then you use the code PEAKSPEAK in the discount bit of the shopping cart and uh, you'll get a sneaky 10% off and it'll rock up on your doorstep in some amount of time. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think they express post everything, so hopefully quickly. Perfect. Amazing. And well, that's it. Without further ado, here's, here's the episode. Yeah. Enjoy. Presented by Thomas Lilly and John Sheridan, Baby Cry in the Background, not included. Everyone's recording. Open your can. Piss everyone off. Oh, it didn't make a noise. Uh, it recorded on my end. Uh, maybe I just had it on the wrong side of the thing. Oh, well. I think because I, think I spoke, it like cut your volume out mm. on the Zoom. Well, it'll be good in the real recording. Mm. You can well, go back and listen to it again there. We're back. Peak we Yes, this is us again. I'm Full sitting down for the first time in ages, and I'm not sure if that's affecting my mood or not. Huh. Are you normally... Uh, do you, so you, your desk kind of raises up? Yeah, I have like a IKEA sit-stand desk. I'm not as fa fancy as Jamie, who has a fucking electric one. <laughs> uh, I've got to manually wind mine up and down like some sort of pleb. Yeah. Uh, wow. So normally, normally I stand, like it's almost always at the standing setting and I've got like a stool that I sit on and like a little footrest. Uh, but my back and hips are just giving me shit today. So I'm sitting and feeling very relaxed and like maybe I should just drag one of my armchairs over here and sit in that instead. I'm a, I'm a real like non-believer in the value of the quality of the chair, like correlating to you know, back pain and hip pain and stuff like that. And maybe I'm an idiot because I've had three surgeries and maybe it's all attributed to my shitty chairs. But like most of my work is done. Like <laughs> my torn labrums are exclusively because <laughs> I sat in bad chairs. <laughs> yeah, most, most of my work for the last, you know, eight years of owning a gym, for the first four years, I sat on like a plastic 
uh, a plastic lawn chair, which I still have downstairs. Then I got a office chair out of a dumpster and that, that became my, my office chair for many years. And then I you know, had this pivotal moment where I'm like, I'm a businessman. I'm going to buy a, uh, business. a, a, Big a business. chair. So I spent a hundred bucks on an office works chair and it snapped the wheel off because I was over the weight limit. Uh, and then that became my chair with no wheels that I sat on up here for many years and it just like wobbled around and stuff. And then the other day I bought a new chair as well, but at home I sit on like a shitty wooden, like old school, you know, dining chair. Yeah. yeah. I'm just not a big believer in like the ergonomics. The best part about that whole story is you told it in last week's episode as well. So yeah, I was going to say the sounds, the sounds really familiar. I know. I was just going to sit here and let you waffle on to tell the same story again. Oh dear. Yeah, well, that's life as a semi-professional, self-identifying podcaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's things at, at, at Burley and Canberra? You guys have a comp in like four weeks, right? Uh, sooner than that, I think, actually. We have a novice comp. Uh, it's about four weeks, yeah. We have our first novice comp of the year, um, like the 14th of March, and then we've got states after that. Can you please tell me Stefan is coming to states? Uh, I haven't asked him, actually. Well, this um, is a call out publicly. Stefan, please be at States. Otherwise, I'm not coming. Sorry, he, Toby. He, <laughs> poor Toby. Always gets shafted. <laughs> we look after him, though. Uh, yeah, so States in March, and then we've got a little bit of a break again. Uh, I, I'm happy that I put our first couple of comps a little bit later in the year mm. uh, to start the year off because it's been nice to sort of get into the swing of things a little bit rather than... Um, just jump straight into hosting comps. Uh, we did our first session for our four-week prepare to powerlift course, which we run in the lead-up to our novice comps. It's like, uh-huh. you know, throw, throw you in the deep end, do your first comp after four weeks, why not? Uh, which is always fun. It's cool seeing a new group of people come in and, you know, learn about stuff. Uh, so we do like three sessions a week with them for four weeks. Uh, so that's cool. I, I really enjoy that because it's a chance to – not only like meet new people and talk to them, but also like essentially present my whole model from the beginning again. And Mm -hmm. that as a process is really useful, I find. Like the more I do that, the more refined it becomes, the better my storytelling is, those sort of things. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of value in that and I enjoy it as a process. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. What's what's happening up north? Oh, I don't know. Don't know work i'm just i'm i'm so behind in life because of work i'm just taking on taking on too much and and letting it get the the better of me kind of but not really that's a classic tombrow approach to life yeah, i'm just really hazy bite off more than you bite off more than you can chew and just keep chewing until that's you choke right. exactly it's the best way to be for sure yep, i agree um but it's all under control it's Excellent. uh exciting times mckay gym shouldn't be too far away from from opening up have you guys got a space and stuff lined up for that? Cool. We do. Um, uh, anyone who's who's dealt with sort of commercial slash industrial lease processes knows the headaches that they can be. So we're um, just going through that process at the moment. And, uh, you know, when you've got four parties, including, you know, or four parties plus a couple of extra parties via the lawyers, it's just a lot of like, this email has to go to that person and that person and that person and come back down the chain and just go back and forth for very very simple conversations and questions and answers not really um, juicy podcast material so no not really skip past that part I don't know if you can hear it but Huxley is sitting in my office growling at whoever's just arrived at the gym just give me a second while I shut the dog up 
I can't hear it. But I'll continue to monologue while I do this. So yes, the Mackay Gym is opening. I've got Khan Stevenson who's going to be running the show up there. And he's uh, he's very well equipped to be doing that. Um, uh, we've, we've got a lot of stuff coming. We've got heaps of Alico gear. We've got a whole bunch of AMFX stuff. We've got um, a whole heap of machines coming. I'm just monologuing about what's coming to the gym. Yeah, no, I, I heard. Uh, <laughs> or I picked up on that. I've just let the dog out. He's going to wander around and then want to come back in in a second. So Yeah, sweet. So... John and I were just talking uh, off air about uh, what to talk about today and sort of have arrived at this idea of of content and, and discussing some things around content. And this was kind of, um, this kind of came to fruition because I've been having conversations with people a lot lately uh, in the coach development course about the, uh, maybe the overvalue, the, the overimportance that people ascribe to the idea of of posting and creating content and they tend to buy into the notion that you hear you know popular notions that you hear of you need to be you know posting regularly to be seen um you know algorithms get affected if you're not posting regularly uh and they forget the context from which that's provided so that context is often provided in the uh in the framework of someone who makes an income off youtube you know posting regular youtube videos or is a instagram quote unquote influencer with millions of followers that needs to be posting frequently to be at the top of these you know explore lists and everything like that as a as a small time sort of business person uh in the industry you it, it becomes a little bit less important like it i'm not downplaying the importance of creating content but people tend to overvalue it massively and i i can't uh i can't explain the number of coaches that that tell me they need to you know set set time aside to create this content and maybe their business isn't getting attracting as many people because they're not creating content and putting so much effort into uh figuring out how to make their content different or new or exciting or whatever uh and maybe 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 my suggestion is that maybe it's not as important as you think yeah it's uh very massive wormhole to fall into because it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you feel like you're not putting out enough content and therefore you're not getting the engagement and therefore you don't have the clients so you spend a bunch of time building out the content and a lot of the times you could just be better served like actually getting results hmm. uh, and perfecting that sort of thing i think the content thing is useful if you view it from the right frame of mind if you're viewing it as I need to put out content because content is how I acquire new customers, I think you're probably doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. I think if you are creating content with the understanding that what you're using that content for is to develop your message and your processes and your models and your explanations and those sort of things, it can be incredibly useful. If you're writing it and filming it and doing all these things for you rather than for your audience first, I think not only will that then produce more authentic content, but it'll produce more useful content as well because it'll actually be a representation of what you think about and how you do things and the, the manner in which you approach problems as opposed to just being you regurgitating seven principles of strength training because that's the latest book that you read and you're actually just taking someone else's ideas and repurposing them you know i think that there's a lot of power and i know i am better as i said just before with the like the prepared power of course and things like that where 
presenting my my model and my explanation for how we do things from the start is actually an incredibly valuable exercise for me because it helps me solidify my thinking it helps new questions arise you know it helps you iron out the kinks in your in your storytelling and and those sort of things as well which are all skills that are incredibly useful as a as a coach mm. um, and can be developed actively if you approach it from the right idea mm-hmm yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head with that concept of like, who is this content for? Uh, and what is it? What What is it doing? What is it achieving? Um, inherently, your content does not automatically attract clients. The clients yeah. are not going to because you've got to remember that the stuff that you post immediately reaches the people who already follow you. They already see your stuff. And yes, you know, maybe, maybe it starts to be create a little bit more legitimacy to what you do and, and Put that in people's head and they're like yeah this this person actually knows their stuff maybe maybe they're her i'll go to next coaching so again i'm not trying to downplay the importance of it and i think it is really important when someone stumbles across you or hears about you from a friend and they're like who is this person i'm going to check them out oh actually they do post stuff that they they do showcase their knowledge and like i reflect on myself i don't do that if you if someone says oh yeah tom bro's that good coach you go to my post post you're just gonna it's see, almost like, exclusively shit talking and ironic re- excuse posts exactly really <laughs> terribly terribly uh presented like powerlifting satire uh, yeah. is what you're going to find because i i've stopped seeing the value in posting content i've stopped i've wanted to stop trying to present myself as whatever people are expecting me to present myself as uh, and so we still post content on zero all the time uh which is important to keep that you know uh, that brand awareness and again that legitimacy of saying what we do going but i don't believe that either of those things is the thing that drives my business uh, and it's important for you to rec- recognize that exactly what john was saying is that you know maybe the thing that is driving your business isn't necessarily just the stuff that you're posting especially if it's informational there's a crazy statistic i think it's i don't want to say two years i'm pretty sure it's two decades the information that we have created in the last two decades far supersedes all of the information that we have ever created before that like ever Uh, it's wild the act the access to information these days is is insane and like like you were saying before um we've become massive consumers of this stuff we drown in a sea of information constantly so if you're on instagram flicking through it's just like oh another row tutorial pass skip 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 because you just see this stuff over and over and over and over and every single day and so it starts to beg the question of like you posting this information what value does that actually provide for you uh as a purveyor of business uh, I, I like what you were suggesting before. You didn't say it explicitly, but it was like inherent in what you were saying. Like, post your clients' results. That's that's advertising. If you want to make a post that advertises you, post what you do. What you do is produce results for people. That is yep. your advertisement. Your lifters are your advertisement. Yep. Your brain knowing how to teach a row, who the fuck cares? Yep. They don't need to see that to be sold. They need to see the product that they want to buy, which is more success in their lifting pursuits sell yep. that showcase that yeah and that's that's the thing that of the trap that people fall into is being more concerned about producing this informational content that actually only ever serves as a very small value add to what you're already doing as a service 
you and I both have extensive exercise libraries. Almost every good coach that I know has extensive exercise libraries where they've spent hours and hours and hours in a gym by themselves or with one other person filming and editing fucking exercise tutorials until the end of time. And I fucking hate it. <laughs> I, f I find it really tedious. I'm getting much better at doing it quickly and efficiently. Uh, because I've like started blocking out time and it's like, hey, this is my two hours to spend an hour filming and an hour editing and uploading and then we're good for the week. Uh, that is really useful, but none of the sh those things are public. I think the only one of those that I have that is public is the how to use a monolith video that I send to all our novice competitors. Mm. Uh, and that's like, it's public on YouTube. And that's about it. All of those videos are there because it speeds up my coaching process because it allows me to link a video in an exercise description that shows you exactly how I want you to perform the, the exercise with the intent that we're looking for and how it fits into the system that we're using. Right. So it's all, it's not about, Hey, this is a new exercise or this is like a new interpretation of an old exercise. This is just how I think about it and how I want you to execute it based on where it fits in the way I think about things. Mm -hmm. I didn't record any of those for them ever to be public. Mm -hmm. uh, increasingly now there's like my dog is in them. Occasionally I just riff on bullshit at the camera for a little bit because I'm in the gym by myself and I'm bored. <laughs> um, so they're less about producing this super polished professional 4K video that is shows every possible angle and all of those sort of things. It's a stationary camera and it's me in 90 seconds or less telling you how to do an exercise and the key points for it. That's really useful. for As a coach, that as a, a value add is incredibly useful and it just saves you time. Mm. But that's the content that, again, I'm producing for me. Like I'm producing that because it makes my life easier. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a like a webinar in our members group tomorrow talking about RPE, how we use it, uh, things to think about in terms of assigning RPE, stuff like that. Basic conversational stuff that we've talked about ad nauseum before. I've just had a relatively uh, relatively large influx of new people over the last few months who are completely new to RPE. So it's just an opportunity for me to present all of that information again and then have that video as a like, hey, here's 20 minutes to talk about RPE stuff. If you're unsure about anything, here's the basic explanation. Go and watch that. But again, like I'm not doing that to do it publicly, right? It's it's not about providing that for everyone else because I don't want to. I want this to be a, this is a resource that I use as my coaching thing because there are plenty of people on the internet who are doing it better in, in many ways. Like if you want RPE information and you're not watching reactive training systems videos, I think you're probably doing it wrong. Like they are the best. They're the ones that pioneered that as an approach. Go there first. Mm. And then what I'm presenting is how I use it again within my system, mm. right? And that only becomes very relevant to the people that I'm talking to regularly, my clients, because they have the full context for that system. Otherwise, what it is, is this 20 minute snippet of my overarching concept that can be really taken out of context. Mm -hmm. And I think that is sometimes the problem with, newer coaches is they're presenting information that either they have only just learned and so they're actually just regurgitating it or they're presenting it, attempting to present it in a way that uh, puts it all in context all the time. Mm. And that's really hard to do in a Instagram post that's a minute long 
or sure. you know an Instagram TV video or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that sort of stuff is really useful for developing your ideas and and teaching it as a tool for like, hey, I don't want to have to have a twenty minute conversation with every single person who uses RPE. I want to be able to reference this down the track. Um, but yeah, I think again, it's just about how you approach it and, and why you're doing it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And w- what you were saying there about you know. Um, going to going to the source to to learn the information in the context of RPE, for example, um, really kind of segues us to a, a discussion we can have around how to consume content. So you scrolling through, you know, Instagram and seeing someone post something about RPE that uh, you look up to, like let's say you, you you saw Mike T posting something about you know uh, how to apply this to this situation, you would read that, you would analyze its applicability, you would read it for what it is, then you would analyze its applicability into your system, and then you would take what you need to take from that and apply it to your system, right? Um, when you're, when you, there's this kind of, I, I call it kind of the arrogant phase or the know-it-all phase of, of coaching, where it's like, you come into coaching and you don't know anything, you wear, you know, you don't know anything, you get some results and then you know everything. And everyone Dunning, else is just the Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah, everyone else is just the dumbest person every ever, right? And so when you read their content, your knee jerk reaction is uh, to make posts like, "If your coach does this, get a new coach." Those kind of sort of uh, posts that are really putting down every other methodology out there. Nothing when like you, a passive aggressive, salty call out. On yeah, Instagram. yeah. And then even beyond that, let's say you get past that phase and you realize there's a lot more that you don't know than what you do know. You become a little bit more humble in your approach. Um, it's easy then to read content, to digest content in the context of your system and your ideology rather than reading it kind of a, a little bit more neutrally and then uh, taking from it what you will or shutting yourself off, seeking confirmation bias and, and really you know, discrediting or unfollowing everyone that doesn't agree with with the way that you present things. What you're going to find then is that uh, you start to really become weak in your in the way that you present in your arguments in the way that you teach, because you have nothing to sort of like back it up against in your own head. You, you really come stuck in your own way of doing things. So if anyone presents to you slightly differently or comes to you to see you and says i was taught this or this person who i really respect in the industry says this and you've got nothing against it but to say they're a fucking idiot don't listen to them you you can't back it up with some sort of intelligent way of selling your system as being better than that system or as being more applicable because of these reasons you're going to really fall on your face very quickly Uh, the best thing for you to do is be aware of what's out there be aware of what's being taught listen to be what's being taught try and understand the logic that people are teaching this stuff with and then challenge it in your head think if this was a client in front of me telling me this stuff what would i say back and if you've got nothing to say back maybe you're the one that's wrong maybe you're the one that needs to go away and do some learning and do some understanding if you can formulate a good strong argument against that thing or you know come to some sort of mutual understanding of some key points between you both then you're going to be far more well-rounded as a coach or if you're doing this as a lifter as a lifter as well you're going to be far more well-rounded you're going to understand the value of multiple methodologies multiple tools uh, and you're going to be far more uh, confident in using your own approach because you're confident that it outweighs the other approaches that you see out there yeah, we, and we've talked about this before uh, from a like, coaching education standpoint where I know both of us have been guilty in the past of that idea of like you learn a new thing and suddenly that becomes the new thing and like you're all about this approach or 
that sort of thing. And I know like we've all watched it with people like Pat Davidson, those sort of things where people start drinking the Kool-Aid and suddenly their entire philosophy has changed based on the input of one person or one system. Mm. Uh, And I think ultimately the process should revolve around you developing your system and the more mature I've gotten as a coach, the more I've been able to pay money to do these things. I did Pat's online seminar. I'm doing Jamie's uh, business of fitness, business of strength uh, finance course at the moment. None of them are ever going to completely shift, or I don't think anything, any information like that is going to be presented in a way that completely shifts my philosophy. Like I just, I don't think I'm, I think I'm mature enough in terms of my philosophy and my ideas and my models that nothing's going to completely shift every aspect of it. There might be something that shifts one particular aspect or, or significantly changes how I think about one part of it. But the system as a whole that I've developed is relatively robust. It works. It gets people results. It, it makes sense in my head. I can explain it well, uh, all of those things. And so now it's for me about finding those little things that help me question why I'm doing things and help me understand better my own arguments and again, pick holes in my own arguments in a way that is as much as possible emotionally detached uh, because that's not easy when what you're questioning is your whole belief around how your career operates and and your operating systems in that respect. Uh, And by being able to remove my emotions from it and actually question these things, I think I'm actually getting more out of it. You know, like I'm, I'm getting more out of content that I watch now and I watch less of it now than I ever have in the past. Most of the content I'm consuming is just because I'm bored and I need entertainment, uh, not because I'm hunting out informative training related content or anything like that. And so being able to take bits and pieces in an efficient way where it's like, hey, I, I really enjoyed everything you presented. This is the one bit of takeaway that I'm taking from it. And here's how I'm going to implement it in my approach, as opposed to here's all the information. Wow, that's really cool. It sounds really good. I like the way it sounds. I'm just going to use that as my model from now on. Uh, I think that's a trap that a lot of young players fall into. And yeah, you just end up regurgitating other people's arguments and it's not actually useful for anyone. It's, it's really hard to, it's really hard to put what we're saying into practice uh, because of, like you said, it, it is kind of hard to emotionally detach from either your own ideologies, your own beliefs, your own systems, um, emotionally detach from uh, the people that you highly rate as key influences in your practice or key influences on your practice. Um, it can be really difficult to do that. I assume, I don't know, I'm emotionally detached from life, so it's, it's quite easy for me. It's one of my natural skills. Um, no, but it, it, is, it is quite easy to, uh, uh, to, to really um, stick, stick, to your, stick to your biases. Uh, as much as I, I think that in a lot of ways, sticking to your biases is a good thing because your biases are your belief system. So yes, yeah, sure, stick to your biases. Uh, but you should you should be open, willing, even hungry to have those biases challenged on a frequent basis, uh, because that's the thing that's ultimately going to drive you to be a better coach, a better lifter. Yes, I'm doing a podcast. Say good day. Say good day. It's Peak Speak. Oh, hey, Peak Speak. <laughs> Excellent.
I that's love when we have fan appearances. That's um, manager James. He's he's the cog that drives the engine of zero. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing that I think is worth mentioning from a coaching standpoint for people who are producing coaching related content is remembering who your audience is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy to take new ideas and complex topics and write them in a way that's trying to impress someone like Thomas or I. Mm-hmm. It is way harder to take those relatively complex topics and simplify them into a way that actually speaks to the people that you work with. Mm. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably working with relative beginner and intermediate athletes for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that just because that's who we're speaking to, that's who our audience is. We're not taking these crazy topics and trying to impress Pat. Instead, we're trying to take what Pat says and filter it into the people that we work with, right? And I think too many people get caught in the ego trap of trying to sound really smart and using big words and complex topics. And actually, from from my point of view, I'm way more impressed if you can take an incredibly dense and complex topic and simplify it in a way that can be understood by anyone. Because that's actually the sign of you understanding a topic and, and truly being able to integrate that knowledge into your practice mm. um so yeah, sp- spend less time using big words and more time actually thinking about what you're doing in a way that can be distilled down to anyone yeah it's a really good point the other the other thing that comes with that there's there's a great deal of posts that are information about nothing um, <laughs> as in uh, you know what i mean though like yeah, how, yeah, how many posts do you read daily that you know uh, a paragraphs long and you get to the get the to the end of it and it's just like on billy madison where it's like okay everyone in this room is now dumber for having sat sat through that whole thing uh maybe not dumber but you know it's just a great deal of words that doesn't say anything like it's it's really nice for to make this big long arduous post around like uh the optimal whatever i'm trying not to say the optimal this or that and piss someone off because it's referring to a post that they've made which i'm not trying to do i'm not i'm not singling anyone out but everyone does this stuff but let's say they say the the optimal bar path of bench and they talk about all this stuff and you get to the end of it and you're like i learned nothing from that in terms of me as a lifter i learned nothing from that in terms of how i can bench better like this is not practical at all it's information about the bench but my bench still sucks what do i do you know, yeah. and when you're putting, if you are trying to attract clients as a coach and you are hinging on, on, on content or see your content as being a valuable part of the process, make sure it's practical. Make sure someone can read what you write, go away, practice something and feel better for it because that's going to be far more impactful on their decision to choose you as a coach than reading just information that they can read in every other coaches instagram out there you know give practical information away that people can plug and i cannot tell you how many people still to this day come up like i don't use youtube uh the zero youtube very well i love and i've that only video. made really one video that was like in depth and it was how to set your upper back on on squats and it is so dated it is so dated I, I teach things completely different now not completely different but much different and much more intelligently people still come up and they're like oh fuck i watched that video it's so helpful like that really helped me get yeah. get my head around what to do with my shoulders on squat i'm like that's not even a good video but because it was so practical and went through things from a practical standpoint people loved it and it's yeah it's if you're going to yeah. to hinge on posts and believe that content is the be all and end all at least make it practical and practical that's helpful, not practical. That's like how to put your deadlift socks on. Cause like, if you can't do that, you're in, uh, yeah, 
I, I, no one can help you. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it, to be honest. That was really quick. What are we up to? Right. No, like 29 minutes. 20 minutes. Fuck, we're getting lazier and lazier. We're going to talk. We're going to do the end, intro from now on and just be like, yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah, we're going to do it's going to be the podcast equivalent of uh, Instagram text tiles. We're just going to do a podcast that's <laughs> like eight words and then we're going to end it. And it'll be perfectly practical, applicable content that you can walk away from and actually have something actionable. I feel like this is working me up. Now I really want to talk. Now I'm full of ideas for podcast topics. Write them um, all fucking down instead of thinking of all these amazing podcast topics, allegedly, and then forgetting every single one of them. That's a really good idea that I'm not going to do. Um, <laughs> do you know who Angus Bradley is? We should get Angus, Angus Bradley on here. I do. Uh, Angus Bradley is, I would deem, the king of pissing people off. Uh, but the king That's of That's a also, big call. The, the, the king of pissing people Because there's a few of those people you, in powerlifting. <laughs> Yeah, but the difference is some people piss everyone off and that it's justified. Like, you should be pissed off because it's just dumb. Angus pisses people off because he says stuff that people don't want to hear. Um, and it's like that. It's that real on the edge polarizing stuff that's kind of like it's it's a statement that's bold enough to piss people off, but also calculated enough to be like, yeah, he's kind of right. Yeah, he's, he's telling the truth with this. I, I love it. It's the best. It's my favorite type of polarizing yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's so that's good. the best kind of content. That's yeah, that's the stuff where you're like, oh, I fucking hate you because you're right. <laughs> like, damn it, <laughs> I'm all about that. So, so we'll yes, someone... let's and do I'll that. do my best to make more insightful and good uh, posts that aren't just like pissed off powerlifting satire. I want to reiterate. No, fuck that. I, the only thing I like about your Instagram feed is your powerlifting satire posts. Well, that's all I'm going to post anyway. We all know that. Also, um, for the record of the content I've posted lately, the one that's got the most engagement has been my dumbass dog trying to play with me while I'm filming fucking exercise so tutorials. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, I can put out the most eloquently, th well thought out post about nothing because that's i'm all about posting about nothing just to piss you off uh and then the one that gets the most engagement and the most shares is my dumbass dog yeah, who's yeah. now lying on the floor in my office snoring <laughs> yeah this, this kind of echoes what we spoke about i don't know a couple of months ago with the whole social media thing as well it's easy it's so easy with these like now that polarizing and satirical posts are a little bit more common in terms of like being informational and satirical at the same time um, or being polarizing for the sake of being polarizing. It's so easy to take that stuff personally. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I still like after that competition one that I made, I still get people all the time that are like, who was that about? Or oh, I know who that was about. I'm like, no, you don't. Cause it was about me. Like that, yeah. I made that yeah. post cause I did all that shit all the time. Yeah. Like the, I, I generally don't post satire unless it's something dumb that I've done. Yeah, yeah exactly. if someone wants to know who's it about, I just say, it's about me. I'm me. laughing at myself. Yeah. Laughing and, at and, all of us. And that's the skill. If you can laugh at yourself, then I think life will be pretty good. <laughs> For sure. And I think that's a good place to end. Yeah, because we, we've added <laughs> three minutes to our total time. Good work, us. <laughs> Excellent. See you all next time. <laughs>